dumbass. <laughs> you sound like you hit yourself like. Hey, forget with a that. Chair. Forget that. <laughs> you know, last time we talked, you and the wife were about to do a little road trip to go to some candy store. And I've been thinking about this. And I thought to myself, now, is this regular candy store or is it some factory? Give me the particulars. I'm so glad you asked. It's become a Easter tradition. Right. We, sometime prior to Easter, we get in the car, we get in the bullet, <laughs> and we drive all the way up or over or down or depending <laughs> on where we're at. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who cares, Tom? Just get to the point. To a candy factory called... Daffins. It's in Sharon, PA. And I'm guessing like there's a uh, entrance and it's all the stuff in there, but then there's a factory in the back, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty cool place because they have like a, what they call the chocolate playground. <laughs> You've got to Google this. We used to take the kids when they were real little, you know, now the kids are older and they don't really care about going playing in the chocolate playground, but they have like life-size you know, animals right. that are made out of chocolate. <laughs> After you got all this candy on the ride back, I'm guessing you and Karen dug into a bag. Was there any candy eating on the ride back? See, this is so beautiful because we got Easter baskets for them and we're walking around the store with, you know, these shopping carts and right. we're putting all this stuff in the shopping carts. And then we asked the folks to take all the candy that we're buying, and right. I will say, we bought a lot of candy, a few hundred bucks worth. Oh! I know, it's insane, right? So they're more than happy to make them into Easter baskets for us. So while we're waiting, there's these nice candy ladies walking around the showroom floor, you know, passing out samples of chocolate candy. So that's where we ate you know, we didn't do it on the way home. Right. We did it there at the store. But you ever notice you eat a piece of chocolate candy and you're so thirsty? Yeah. I did something because, you know, I'm a germaphobe. Right. I did something that I haven't done in years. I drank. Are you ready? Yeah. I was so thirsty. They didn't have any bottled water. They didn't have any milk. You know, you eat chocolate. You want to drink some milk, right? Yeah. I drank out of a water fountain. Can you believe that? Oh, well, man, what, what are you, a king or something? You can't drink out of a water fountain? No, it's just to me, it's like, you know, I people know. put their gum on there. You know, it's just a disgusting place for germs. I'm a germaphobe. Oh, brother. Come on, that's a germaphobe. I think I was having nightmares about that, <laughs> honestly. But, you know, when you're thirsty, you're thirsty. But that candy is so good. This is not an ad, by the way, although they should pay us because this is. Worth something now. It's called Daffin's Chocolate. It's Sharon, PA. Sharon, PA. And I ain't sharing with you, buddy. All right, Candyman. Let's talk about some other stuff. Yes, the Candyman can. <laughs> <laughs> Who can make a rainbow? Who can make a rainbow? Now, look, a few days ago, we were talking about Finland. They're the happy people. Well, now it's authentic because the UN just released their annual World Happiness Report and again, for the second year in a row, Finland tops the list. Finland. Finland, baby. Why are they so darn happy? Well, they are ranked on supply of sardines, the quality of vodka, and access to ski jumping facilities. Of course. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> what was I thinking? No, that's a joke. Now, look, they had 156 countries they looked at, and they were ranked on six key variables. Freedom, income, trust, health, life expectancy, 
social support, and generosity. Where do you think America fits in these 156 countries? I'm going to say number 32. Oh, you're not as optimistic. We're 19. We've 19. Actually, we've actually dropped five spots from 217. I wonder why that is. Oh, uh, I wonder why. Huh? Wait, we're thinking, aren't we? Yes, we are. Boy, I just can't figure that one out. How about you? <laughs> but one of the reasons why Americans aren't happy is that mental health problems, depression, anxiety, and a lot of adults are unhappy about their children's future. And that all ties into it. But we're, we're in 19. Who do you think's in very last place in the world happiness? North Korea? <laughs> Close. It's the Sudan. Oh, wow. I would think North Korea would be right there on the bottom. Right. But they've had a bit of a renaissance since uh, Trump came in and built all those hotels and golf courses. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about like people are going to rush over to North Korea. And That's have some- where I want to invest my hard-earned cash, my doleros. It can only go up, right? Right. That's not a bad idea. You take the stock that is absolutely the worst piece of crap on the list, and you invest in it because you know it can only go up, right? Yep. That's not true. It could go down to nothing. Oh. All right. So, Finland, we love you, people. Yes, yes. And there's nothing better than a happy finish. (laughs) (laughs) See what I did there? Yes, I did. Well, I tell you, we should switch roles. I should be the straight man. Do you ever, like me, get tired sometimes when some of your younger friends come over and start bragging about their two-year-old or their three-year-old and how smart they are? I hate people that brag about anything, (laughs) including presidents, just so you know. (laughs) Well, the next time somebody comes up to you and says their two-year-old is the smartest two-year-old they've ever seen, there's a Bristol study just out, Bristol University in England, and they found out that chickens exhibit intelligent behavior with just a few months of hatching. Chickens? Chickens, little chicks. And- and it takes children till the age of four to accomplish similar feats. And newborn chicks are able to keep track of numbers up to five. Let your two-year-old do that, huh? Oh, wow. That's <laughs> impressive. Those little peeps? They also learned that if they waited longer to start eating, they would be allowed to access more food. So when the people put the food out and there wasn't a lot, they wouldn't eat it because they knew if they waited till they put out a lot of food, they'd have more to eat. And that's pretty smart for a little chick, isn't it? That's incredible. They also found that the three types of dogs are smarter than a two-year-old, a border collie, a poodle, and a German shepherd. Did you know that? No, but I have a question for you. What's that? What's smarter than a two-year-old? <laughs> Wait, what's smarter than a two-year-old president? All of the above that you just mentioned. (laughs) See what I did there? Another one. In other news, a study said climate change deniers are as intelligent as your average two-year-old. Man, I am on a roll today. Oh, yes, you are. I'm sorry. I had a good night's sleep last night. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I feel good. I'm doing the James Brown here in the studio right now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But, you know, this thing about dogs being smarter. You know, if dogs are so smart... How come they always race to the door when the doorbell rings? It's hardly ever for them, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> What's up with that? I don't know about you, but my doorbell works kind of like half the time. Right. But you know what works 100% of the time? What's that? My barking dogs. So <laughs> they're a good backup. Do you know they actually have an app out today that will tell you how smart your dog is? The way it works, if you buy the app, it's a good bet the dog is smarter than you. <laughs> really? Yeah. And have them lick that phone. Yeah. And it'll tell you exactly how smart you are. 
Right. I know one thing. A baby and a dog and a chick, they all poop a lot, don't they? A baby, a dog, <laughs> and a chick. Walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brother. Okay, Did you hear so- the one about the two Corinthians? Tom and Mike. Even though you were born and raised in the Tar Heel State, you had told me once before you were never a smoker, were you? Never. That's probably the reason why. My hometown is a town called Winston-Salem. And guess what? Those what? cigarettes called Winston's and yep. Salem's, yep. guess what they were named after? You know what? I never no, thought no, of No, no, the town wasn't named after that, but right. they were named after the town because that was the cigarette capital of the world. It still is, but this is going to blow your mind. These big tobacco companies like R.J. Reynolds and Philip Morris and that kind of thing, they have farmed out a lot of the cigarette production to China. Right. I mean, you would think that would be the last thing you'd be getting from China. Right. You know, they've got a lot of quality control, especially when it comes to, you know, the chemicals they're putting in those cigarettes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's the double whammy. Not that there was ever a a safe or a healthy cigarette. And by the way, I've seen these ads in magazines. Have you seen the ads for what they call the natural cigarette? There are no additives, so there are no chemicals and that kind of thing. It's supposed to be a completely organic tobacco like the Indian smoked, right? Yeah. But it still has the label, this will kill you. (laughs) Well, you know, I I don't think it's uh, too good for you. Well, smoking in the U.S. has declined from 29% in 2005 to just 15% today. And and 34 million smokers, they say today, and 16 million live with a smoking-related disease. And the amazing thing as, you know, cigarette smoking is going down, what do you say it is now, 15%? Yeah, 15%. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. Breaks down the categories. Who smokes? Men, people 25 to 64, people with a lower education, people that are below the poverty level. And what regions? The Midwest and the South are mostly smokers. Uninsured, people that have psychological distress, American Indians, and here's one that I didn't understand, lesbians, gays, and bisexuals. Hmm. They're putting something in their mouth, Thomas. I see. Well, we don't want to do a joke about that, do we? Right. But we're all thinking about that perfect joke right now, and we're not going to do it because you know what? We're on the radio. Well, smoking does reduce weight one lung at a time. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. I was a badass when I was 10 years old. I used to smoke candy cigarettes like a fiend. You ever do them? Candy cigarettes. Oh, baby. Uh, you're still hooked on those, aren't Did you, you get any of them at that candy store? No. I don't think they even make candy cigarettes. But when you talk about politically incorrect, right? we thought we were so cool. Because, see, that's what we were brainwashed to believe growing up, that cigarette smoking was what? Cool. It was cool, right. Right. And still, even today, in a lot of movies, it's portrayed that way. I'm convinced that a lot of the tobacco companies are funding some of these big films. Right. The amazing thing, if cigarette smoking is down 15% in America, profits are way up. Do you know what the cost of a pack of cigarettes is now? Well. I think it's about eight bucks, isn't oh, it? Oh, are you kidding me? No. A lot of it is taxes, granted. Right. But- it's sheer profit because I think it costs like, you know, two cents to make a cigarette. And imagine, you know, that's just all profit. Yeah. You, you should take a look at some of these tobacco stocks. The dividends are unbelievable. And it's like one of the best stocks you can own. I just, me, fundamentally, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't invest in something that systematically kills people. Would you? I wouldn't invest in guns. I wouldn't invest in alcohol. I wouldn't invest in tobacco. Right. 
ATF, baby. I got ATF on my jacket. What do you think? Kind of stylish, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. But if people want to quit, they say the best way to quit smoking is cold turkey. So basically, the study is to find out the best way to quit smoking is just to stop smoking. That's what all they're saying, right? Any kind of turkey, cold, lukewarm, it doesn't matter. Just say, Nancy Reagan, where are you? Oh, big old Nancy. You know what the big deal is now? What's that? It's not so much smoking anymore. It's vaping, right? Yeah. I was at the airport recently, and there was somebody sitting right next to me vaping her little tush off. (laughs) And I kept staring at her going, you know, I guess she could read my mind because I was giving her the evil eye. And she looked over at me. She said, it's just water. You can't smell anything. I didn't say anything. I just had this look of disgust on my eyes and looked away. You know that look. It's that look I give you every morning. Yes, you do. (laughs) Tom and Mike. I don't know about you, but every time, you know, I watch a marathon, I'm amazed that it seems like these canyons win every long distance run. Do you ever notice that or aren't you a fan of... uh, These canyons? (laughs) Canyons. They always seem to win the marathon. They finish like one, two, three, and then you you got an American or somebody else. Wasn't that a name of a Paul Simon album, These (laughs) Kenyans? He used to have a couple in his band, didn't he? I think so. But anyway, they did a study and they found out that Kenyans are such good runners because, for one, they're raised in high altitude and running at higher elevations builds stronger lung capacities. Some of them live in places that are 8,000 feet above sea level. And scientists said that they have an advantage because they're born with bird-like legs. You know who said that same thing years ago? (laughs) Who's that? Al Campanis. <laughs> well, he said something a little bit different. Yeah, I know, but it sort of came back to right. they do these things because of this, that, and the other thing. But okay, we're not being racist here because that's just the way. You know, I have the guardrails. Yep. And when you get over to the guardrails, what happens? Yeah. Tom Tom pushes it back over. That's right. Into the middle. <laughs> Last year, 239 Kenyans broke two hours and 15 minutes. It was an incredible time for marathons. By contrast, Canada has the same amount of people, only had three people. They also train on soft surfaces like dirt roads rather than pavement, and that's good for their knees and everything. Plus, they eat really well, and they're stress-free, and that all adds to it. So what you're trying to say is Barack Obama is a really good runner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See what I did there? I'm doing all the jokes today. You hate that, don't you? No, I don't. I love it. The War of the Mirror. And Kenyans are rarely attacked by wild animals when they train in their country because animals look at them and say, no way, too much gristle and bone. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's in their gene, too. Their ancestors spent much of their lives being chased by lions and white settlers with guns. So you got to run. How do we know that? We went into the Past Lives Museum. Right. And we watched our past. And I know what you were. What's that? Lunch. Tom and Mike. Thomas, I know that when you and Karen have a house that becomes a little bit dirty, you have probably have someone come in and do the cleaning, right? We have cleaning people that come every other week. Okay. But in the old days, Karen used to do it, right? Right. When you were just a struggling radio guy, but now you're a big star. But in those days, did Karen ever vacuum the mattress? Never. <laughs> well, there's an Australian woman that has a website called Mums Who Clean. And if you go on YouTube and look at this thing, it shows you how much dirt and filth and grime she got when she vacuumed her mattress after five years. And it's kind of scary. Why is that? Well, I mean, you never thought there'd be that much dirt in your mattress, would you? But what is she actually seeing when she dumps out the canister? It's just like, you know, uh, when you open up any regular vacuum cleaner, the same kind of stuff. 
nastiness. I think it's really simple to fix. Put one of those rubber sheets over your mattress, right? When you wet your bed when you were younger. You still have one, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's called a mattress protector. Okay. Oh, man. You know, I don't know that we have one of those. But think about this. If this woman's house had that kind of dirt in it, and she's probably a pretty clean woman, but just, you know, builds up. Can you imagine going to a hotel or a motel, what they must be in those mattresses? Don't they have the mattress cover? I don't know. I've never checked. I don't want to get down there. I don't know about you, but when I go to a hotel, I never go to a motel. I mean, do you ever stay at motels? Well, I can't remember the last time I stayed at a motel. Yeah, okay. You were really poor in that Volkswagen <laughs> Beetle back in the day. Yes, right? well, oh, yeah, back in those days, yeah. Right. But I know I was a germaphobe even back then. This is before Purell and the Easy Wipes. You know, right. I would go in with gloves. <laughs> In fact, I'd put my whole body in a glove, especially if I was having sex. <laughs> There's another one. It was one. like, you know, the human condom. <laughs> Wasn't that your air name back in the, the human 80s? TK Thomas Magnum Kent, the human condom. <laughs> there yeah, you go. As a matter of fact, Truck and Tom, cooking condom Kent. <laughs> we always talked about this. The worst thing in a hotel is the channel changer. Yeah. That's got the germs on it, buddy, because somebody does. blows their nose and, you know, picks their nose and then picks up the channel changer and then they- Or, or they, somebody's channel changing while doing something else. Yeah. And they yeah. check out and you check in. Oh, oh baby. Oh, gosh. Oh, I don't want to think about it. Let's change the subject. Yeah, let's think about something positive, like our daily podcast. What's this world coming to.com. Go there. Download it. It's fun. Tom and Mike. Now, we know that women are the fairer sex and they're a little different than us, but they're a lot different than us when it comes to mood swings. You agree to that? Oh, OMG. If you look at the hormonal makeup of men and women, women's fluctuate. Hold on. Let me go over here and look. <laughs> Oh, a woman's hormonal range is up and down, up and down like a mountain range. And a man, it's a straight line, a straight line. That's us. But women have to suffer from different things. They have hormonal imbalances. They have pregnancy. They have stress. They have PMS. They have menopause. We got to give them a break, right? That's why they call it men a pause. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? That's number five today. Now, here are some tips, guys, if you want to, you know, be a little bit sensitive around your woman. First of all, leave her alone. Don't pester her during this time. Listen to her needs. Don't do that thing that will annoy her like Tom does with me all the time. Don't be righteous. Don't be judgmental. Empathy. Emphasize with her, right? Allow her to vent. Pamper her. Make her laugh. And finally, keep her busy. Direct her attention, right? And if none of the above works... Get the hell out of the house. Right. That's the one thing that seems to work for me, because no matter what I try to do at those particular times, I cannot manipulate my woman. <laughs> I don't know. My wife says I never listen or something like that. I don't know what she says. You're not quite sure what she's saying because <laughs> you're not she, listening, right? And then when she gets really mean, she says, it's not PMS. I just don't like you. That's what I love about Claire, your wife. Right. She's so honest. She's so to the point. She's so straightforward. That's why you're so downtrodden. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to understand women. They don't think we can even do the simplest tasks. And yet they trust us to be able to read their minds. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, guys, women are made up a lot different than us. And the bottom line is to just treat them with the love and respect they deserve. And when they have these little swings of mood, realize that it's their chemistry and not you, right? And because we do love radio and we do love women... 
That's why WTLC is our favorite radio station. I wonder if there is a WTLC. <laughs> the Love Channel. There you go. Tom and Mike.